I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute. The podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 58. Life is a series of incomplete moments from which there is no escape. To tackle Minute 58, we have Eric Nash of Watchmen Minute and Connor Coulson of Prometheus Minute. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? I promise to myself. It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Hi, this is Eric Nash from the Watchmen Minute, and as a guest, I'll let him introduce himself. I'm Connor Coulson from the Prometheus by Minute podcast. Hey, great to have you, Connor. Yeah, it's good to finally meet you for listening to your show. Thank you, and I, I listen to yours too. Mutual oh, admiration society here we have. I mean, that's just movies by minute as a community, I feel. Oh, yes. We're very incestuous that way. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so... The what great... the hell are we doing? Yeah, Robert E.G. Black invited uh, some of us on this uh, mystery, and I, I reached out to Connor as to be a guest of mine. Uh, and this is a, an odd movie, and this one minute of it that we're going to uh, give the uh, movie-by-minute treatment to. A magical mystery tour through a film that, well, I'm, I, I think I know what it is, but I don't, I don't, I've never seen it, so this is surreal. And I have a bit of history myself with it, which maybe at some point in the future we'll go into, and then it'll be interesting if we if we could ever come back to it. That'll be great. Uh, but for now, we're going to let the mystery play out a little bit, and we'll give our own little thoughts about maybe what the entire movie is about as well. Yes. And then uh, one interesting thing he did throw up uh, in the uh, group for this movie uh, by minute is uh, to let him know if we see a bread roll in this minute. And I have, I'm sorry to say, I, after reading that again recently, I, and I, and really watching a minute, I, I was at a loss for finding one. No, I don't think I noticed one either, but everything's sort of cardboard colored, so maybe it's hiding somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's possible. But, in, but then at the very end of this minute is where I would actually kind of more have expected to see it, because we have a, uh, a couple that are sitting at a at a dinner table with uh, dinner plates and so forth. Yes, we should probably say this what, what this minute opens with and what it ends with. Um, sure, yeah. It begins with a paper mache uh, mannequin person, marionette, if you will, yeah. and ends with uh, two characters having a meal in a fairly normal looking kitchen. Uh, their names are. Oh, I've got it here, and I've lost it now. Oh, no. Bryn and... No, sorry. Bryn is the marionette. Annie and Dave just eating. That's how it ends. Mm -hmm. 
and well, in the Bryn character, even um, uh, Robert was able to give us uh, just the character names along with a photo, and Bryn appears to be human in that photo, not mm. this marionette. So it's very interesting uh, what might be going on there. It's 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 just just prior to recording, Connor, you did mention you. I think you had some ideas, and let me just throw this out real quick. Maybe it's partially one of yours or not, but it's. It's. I think it maybe has something to do with like uh, subconscious. I think yeah. Well, so they're in a cardboard maze. So yeah. maybe yeah, the maze represents the mind as they often do. Uh, we've we've seen this uh, quite famously in Pan's Labyrinth, of course. Um, and yeah, it could be that. Well, perhaps that this is this is the theory I had is that Bryn has become possessed by the maze itself. The, the maze has gained sentience and is speaking oh. through her. Huh. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's a very childlike uh, characteristic that she's first giving off, but then it's a, it, it modifies <laughs> to a <laughs> demon like. <laughs> Did you notice yeah, that? the conversation starts with uh, oh, so I I do recognize one person in the cast, um, James Urbaniak, who's uh, most notable as Doctor Venture on Venture Brothers. It's a very distinct voice. Why, uh, in your own words, do you want a high five? Yeah, so you've got like a, a film crew uh, who led by Harry and Gordon, and they're talking to Bryn slash cardboard marionette. And she's just like, I, I, I want a high, high five, five because, because high it's what man what does. does. And, and then she talks about like a series of incomplete moments from which there is no escape. <laughs> which I don't even think that sounds scary. That sounds quite nice. I, I don't. I'm not threatened. <laughs> um. It's and it almost seems like that, and that uh, what's said right before her changing to that though too is this other character Gordon, who asks her Bren. He calls her Bren too. You why know, are why here, are we here? Bren. You know, but prior to that, you know, this other character Harry, who I want to call the director. I think. Hmm. You know, because there's these like you mentioned these two other guys though that are standing around not not having any lines. And one is even known as the cameraman, and the other one uh, known as the boom operator. Person, to, to just background characters. character sheets. Yeah, are they the red shirts of this mission? <laughs> it's that would be interesting if yeah to find out uh, later on uh, after this is all over maybe <laughs> um, uh, if 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 they were to uh, die or something that might be possible. Every movie needs characters like that. Uh, Gordon could even be a producer, maybe. At that point, man, we don't get we don't have enough information, really. Yeah, and a, a director would say something like he's like like um, Harry says back to Gordon when Gordon Gordon says uh, at one point, you know, he, he he's he's instructing Harry. It seems like he says, "Come on, keep it talking." When Harry says back, "Please let, let me do my job, job," you know, in this very highfalutin kind of way, almost. Yeah, I wonder if they're maybe doing a documentary so they found the maze and now they're trying to sort of document what's going on here that's that's my theory at least mm-hmm. huh. interesting yeah I, uh, I don't know who's in charge between gordon and harry because yeah. 
the power dynamic, at least in that scene, sort of seems to be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, here's one idea, because I, because I am, I do know the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so do I. And, and, and we do get to the, to the character that, that, whose name is in the name of the movie, uh, Dave. Yes, so Dave um, is in The Maze, also, with, right. uh, Annie, and they, are seemingly on a mission, so maybe they're trying to take control of the situation. Mm. And they need to build a chrysalis. Yeah, like, yeah. This, there's, you know, Annie's, Annie, Annie mentions building this chrysalis, chrysalis, mm. which I looked up. I had to Google a little bit just to make sure I understood what that is, and it did change a little bit, maybe in my mind, just what, what I was thinking of. But a uh, pupa or cocoon. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I've been reading the book One Q Eight Four, and there's a book within the book called Air Chrysalis. So the words just sort of been following me around lately. Wow, that's the what do they call that? The Bader Meinhof effect, where it's a word that you've either yeah. not heard of before or you're kind of aware of, but then suddenly it becomes quite uh, prominent in your life. Uh-huh. That's what I'm experiencing. It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Nobody really knows why it's called that. The Bader-Meinhof group was a late 20th century left-wing militant faction from West Germany. It's likely that the person who gave it that name just happened to be awash in coincidental Bader-Meinhof references. The more scientific name for this phenomenon is the frequency illusion. And it's just another example of our old friend, the cognitive bias at work. See, when we see something for the first time and then many times, directly thereafter, it can lead us to believe that there's a greater synchronicity at work in the world around us. Perhaps it's an artifact of determinism, the feeling that everything happens for a reason. The coincidence we feel is just too astronomically unlikely. But of course, the truth is that most bordering on all things don't happen for a reason. That same same kind of thing has happened to me when I've, when I've the, the, essentially the only, the, the only couple times I've, I've actually bought cars myself. That as soon as as soon as I've bought the car, then I, or even maybe even in looking for it of, of it, mm. looking uh, looking looking around for it, looking at them, and I start seeing more of the one I'm ones ones I'm looking at even. But then then it's, it's even more prevalent after I've driven been driving a, a new car for a little while. Yeah, like my friend bought a car last year, and suddenly I'm like, everyone has that same car. What mm. the? <laughs> yep, that's fun. Life's fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but so then the other thing with the 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 word chrysalis and and pupa and cocoon is the idea of metamorphosis. So and of course I think of Kafka, which I did read uh, his small book story, what have you, short story ish. Novella. Novella, maybe uh, uh, quite a few years ago, and you know it's 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 about changing. It's about. Uh, and not necessarily always for the good, in a sense, in one way, and depending on what you're, what you're thinking, good is as well. Hmm. So, what are they going to put in the chrysalis? That's the question. Uh-huh. Hmm. I guess maybe Bryn. Oh, that that would be interesting. Hmm. And the whole. Well, I wonder if they're building a chrysalis out of cardboard because that that seems to be the the main material here. Mm-hmm. 
and they're going to cut through some of the cardboard too, maybe of this of this maze. Hmm. Um, Annie is asking, "Shall we cut to the center here?" As uh, to the center. as the alien expert, I say just carry a flamethrower in every situation. I think that <laughs> I mean just burn your way through the maze. What's so? What's so hot about that? <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid that the fire could spread, though. Mm. But, well, in that case, then nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be certain. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be a, uh, what was it, poltergeist-type situation where it's like in uh, a burial ground, and they've built the maze on top of that. Um, yeah. Could be aliens. Uh, never rule that out as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Or just sort of your more generic style curses, or that sort of the animism thing, where if you build something with the right intent, or you build it re- realistically enough that it comes to life, that sort of Pygmalion type situation. Huh. Uh-huh. I've been really fascinated with that idea. It comes up a little bit in Prometheus, especially when we're talking about you know, do androids have souls and all that. But, um, yeah, well, I guess Pinocchio is a good example of that as well, just that if you imbue something or project, uh, the word is a tulpa in, in some circles, mm-hmm. that if you project enough mental energy onto this character or, or place, that it takes on a life of its own. So that could be what we're seeing here. Sure. Right. Yeah, very cool. Hmm. A physical mind palace. <laughs> um, and then, then another interesting part I thought about here in this, in this middle of the three sections, essentially, that we have for this minute, is that you know, Annie is really wanting to get this done, and Dave is saying just a little, a little farther the two times we hear him speak here hmm. um, to, to both of her... her uh, uh, propositions of of you know let's go ahead, let's go ahead and do this you know get done with this uh, mission it seems like yeah there is hesitance there so I guess well it, it, uh, it, it's an extension of himself maybe so right that's understandable the other thing that stood out to me the word far farther instead of further. You don't hear that a lot in non-Roshic accents, because if I say it, like, father or father, which one am I saying? Am I saying, like, as in parent or at the distance? Um, Yeah, that R does can disappear in some accents, right? Yeah, and uh, I sort of went down this rabbit hole of, so what's the difference? Where did that come from? And it's quite dissatisfying. There's no real... I don't know, etymology there. It just seems like they're two variants that are both acceptable and that's it. But you will hear one more commonly depending on the accent than the other. Um, And if we're okay for that section, I mean, it's, it's, it, it phased a black kind of pretty, pretty well at the end of this part when they're just walking further and further down this tunnel and she's saying Dave, Dave, Dave three times. And then, then it, you know, uh, 
cuts he- strongly to like like we mentioned at the kind of more at the beginning uh this dave and and uh Bryn. Uh, oh, no. was it was Annie at the t- or no uh, Dave and Annie? Yeah, just Dave and Annie. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. That is Annie, not Bren. We have just um, met these people. So, we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dave and Annie sitting at this kitchen table. And the thing I noticed to, to actually go back to the to the latter part is 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 something to do with some of the sounds and music ish maybe that was going on in that middle section was there were three bells and then a bunch of uh, industrial engine like noises. Kind of almost slightly muffled through that cardboard, maybe. Yeah. So there's not a lot of soundtrack, but we do get, uh, well, not a lot of music in the soundtrack. But there are things in the track that might be giving us clues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we build the chrysalis now, or should we- just a little farther? Um. But then, but then the thing I noticed was that uh, this Annie uh, with her fork on the plate, she. You know, there were three bell rings, and she taps on the plate these three times, and it's just this oh. weird... Dave. 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 You know, it's, it's almost like when you're waking up with an alarm clock or something, and it's been used in commercials here in the States, at least, um, where someone will wake up hearing an alarm clock and... It's really something else, or something else in their dream. Yeah, and that's what made me really start to question the reality of the story. Because mm-hmm. I mean, because we're taking it totally out of context. This could be any genre. It could be a fantasy, or this could just be in the imagination of one character. Um, and especially that that transition from the maze to a very domestic yeah. setting. <laughs> Uh, I, I have to wonder, what is that a flashback, or are we realizing that all the uh, adventure that was happening in the previous few seconds didn't happen at all? Uh-huh. It's like Westworld Season 2, just, I don't know what order this is happening in, I don't know what's real anymore, and that involves mazes as well. Uh-huh. It's all connected. Wheels within wheels. Okay. Uh, I, it's pretty much all of my notes. I did manage to shove some weird, uh, r- uh, obscure cultural things and philo- philosophical references in there, yeah. so I've done oh, my yeah. job. Wonderful, yeah. Um, and like we said, no, no bread roll, even though it would make sense to see one possibly here at this table. But um, yeah, I think that's that's. A, I think it could be a good place to wrap up. I mean, you know, like we were saying before, mm. it's it's a it's something that apparently Connor and I both know a little bit about, at least. And, and yet, uh, you know, and, and given the opportunity, I think we we both have decided to hold off a little bit, you know, in order to do this with uh, with some mystery to it. Uh, hold off on actually seeing. Yeah, I am curious to actually watch it. And I was, just from the trailer and from the review a friend of mine did. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I might have ruined this podcast experience if I go, I, I know where this is going. But on its own, this one minute, it was quite fun to just sort of 
break it down and try and extract a plot <laughs> just from one random minute in a movie. I've never done that no. before. Well, except as a kid when you would just walk past what whatever your parents were watching and you're not allowed to watch it, but you sort of have to come up with yeah. this whole plot in your imagination. Mm. Let me tell you, Die Hard, <laughs> my version of Die Hard, way better. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, yeah, so I think this has been a very interesting minute. Uh, this has yeah. been a fun project. I wouldn't mind doing it again. And it's, and it's possible that uh, Robert, even as of uh, this recording, he might have more minutes available, and you're certainly welcome to look into that. Yeah, yeah. I, should, I should, yeah. So uh, I've been Eric Nash uh, with Watchmen Minute and also the upcoming Almost Famous Minute. And I was, uh, I, I just really had to reach out to Connor. I thought he would be a good guy to give some, uh, some, uh, deep, uh, uh, philosophical thoughts and so forth to this, uh, strange, strange minute <laughs> of a probably strange movie. Quite possibly. Yeah. I wonder on, on a scale of like one to 10, did we get the strangest minute or is this normal? <laughs> is this sort of like around a five? That would be, yeah, that'd be very interesting to know. We will. I will find out tonight. I'm going to watch this movie. So, okay. I've been Connor Colson from Prometheus Minute. Um, I should probably give my uh, websites and stuff. So, uh, traviandesigns.com, T-R-A-V-I-A-N, and Prometheus by Minute on Facebook. Yeah, that's great, and I, I love your love your podcast. And uh, uh, and you can also find me also at uh, Lucky Mustard. And even like on on Twitter and Lucky Mustard Dean I N G at an at an I N G uh, for uh, Instagram and you know Watchmen Minute is at uh, you can just you can just Google Watchmen Minute you'll very easily get a ton of things that are are truly uh, Travis Bow and my uh, creation of one of these movies by minutes. And there is a lot in Watchmen. <laughs> that's that's a perfect one to do for oh, for a movie yeah. by minute because, especially the I don't, I'm getting off track with the praise here, but th- those first um, what like five minutes or so where you've you've got the the musical right. intro, that's just so uh-huh. much going. And even on. people that really don't care for much of the rest of the movie, they'll they'll they'll, they'll certainly still give props to uh, just that part. Oh, it's gorgeous. I don't even like Bob Dylan, but <laughs> love that opening. Well, thank you. Okay, so I'm glad you could do this, Connor, and hopefully we'll see, see yeah, each other down me. the road somewhere in other places, and uh, and we'll eventually uh, be able to get to hear all the rest of this, as well as watch the movies ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, this is going to be weird with context. I just know it. All right. Thanks. Bye. And then I could probably disarm all the traps. And then we could we could finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Eric Nash of Watchmen Minute and Connor Colson of Prometheus Minute taking on Minute 58 of Dave Made a Maze. They will be back in Minute 68. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we've got Liz Whitaker and George Hendricks of I Curt That taking on Minute 59. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree.
Outro music is leaving this godforsaken place, and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what?